At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. It's all in one place and it's free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start recreating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available now on Spotify. Of course, they're optional. And when you want to take your conversations with your fans to the next level, the Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking and to get the conversation going. With Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including podcast ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Listen, ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, it has truly taken my show to a whole new level, especially with having the options like the video podcast, the Q&As and the polls, and has let me be creative in a completely different way and connect with my audience in a completely different way as well. So I highly recommend that you give it a try. Download Spotify for podcasters app or either go to the website, which is spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Techno Podcast. I am your host, Shawnee Sanders, and we have a really good show today. So we're talking to Lindsay Wynn. She is CEO founder of an intimate apparel brand for women called Momotaro Apotheca. And we're going to find all about this brand because it's definitely something you're going to want to know because it's all about your vaginal health. So let's get started. Lindsay, how are you? Shawnee, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to meet you and um, be on the podcast today. Yes. Yeah, it's an awesome time to meet you too. And before we get into like any questions, I always want to get ask my guests, what's the story behind the brand? So what's the story behind Momotero Apotheca? What made you decide to start this brand? Oh, I, I hope your listeners are okay with like things that are kind of spicy. Um, being yeah. <laughs> well, spicy or we're all about spicy, at least a little bit like TMI, right? Um, mm-hmm. We started this company and I started this company specifically. And so Momotaro Apotheca makes alternatives to um, what people think of as like feminine care products. Um, we, mm-hmm. we address bacterial vaginosis, UTIs, mm-hmm. yeast infections, postpartum care, lichen sclerosis, uh, symptoms of mm-hmm. STIs, like really all across the board. Um, we're trying to create an organic um, alternative and something that is inclusive and shame-free and talks about our bodies in a ways that don't, um, don't, don't cause more harm. So. Yeah. The the long story short is I had been working in photography for 10 years. Um, I was kind of frustrated with my job. Um, at the same time, I had had a new partner and I was exploring getting out of New York City. 
And oh yeah, you know, it was just time. And I was hiking, blah, 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 walking along. And I end up having, <laughs> this is the spicy part, but me and my partner decide to have sex in a hot spring. Super gross. <laughs> Sounds hot at the time. I was young. I highly do not recommend this. You're basically having sex in a bacterial cesspool. But I was young and I was like, yeah. didn't want to say no. And I knew it was probably a bad idea. And so I gave mm -hmm. myself the like yeast infection from hell. It was absolutely oh, wow. terrible. So yeah. being that I, you know, needed to obviously find a solution pretty quickly, I went straight to the over-the-counter and like prescription medications mm -hmm. um, and they just didn't work me um since then we've now figured out that these um products can actually exacerbate our conditions our symptoms they can mm. sometimes make them recurrent things like that and so that's that's what happened to me i i all of a sudden um, my yeast infection turned into bv that turned into uti that mm. turned into a kidney infection and like back again so i oh, was wow. spending you know years time money trying to figure out why my body um could not heal itself um and so myself and my partner, uh, his background is in biology and sustainability. We're like, we can do this better. I turned myself into yeah. this like vaginal health DIY project, which again, don't <laughs> recommend if you can, <laughs> you can Google it. I have done it. And like, that's terrible. Like, you know, as a, as a woman in the modern world, I'm like, I shouldn't be yeah. like tying garlic to a string and shoving it up my vaginal canal to try and mm -hmm. get rid of a yeast infection. But mm -hmm. In turn, I was able to find a lot of really amazing clinically trialed homeopathic ingredients and remedies that started to resonate and started to make me feel better. You know, people who have yeah. gone down this path know that there are other ways. And so we were able to create and wanted to create um, products that were, again, organic, um, plant-based. Yeah. They didn't um, bring down, you know, they didn't make me sick, right? Um, yeah, or more sick. So I, I ended up. Yeah, that's that's kind of how we started. Um, we started with one product, and we've since um, expanded our line to seven, and um, we're gonna keep going. I, listen, I, I love this conversation because one, it's important. We all have had yeast infections. That I've been to the doctor to get yeah. that one big pill. That's about either that pill you take for five days. And yeah, it's supposed to go away, but it's not the most pleasant experience mm -hmm. while you're having it. Mm -hmm. And I've had the UTIs in terms of like not being able to pee or it hurts when I pee. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time that that happened to me, and I was just like, "What the hell is going on with this? Mm -hmm. You know, it's painful. It's <laughs> it's not friendly to to." deal with and so it's it's good to know now that there's products out there that are more organic and that we have basically we have options totally it's and, good to know that and and studies are showing right now you know in the last 10 years we've like quadrupled our doses mm -hmm. of fluconazole that you know to people but they're going to the doctors more people are getting more yeast infections and yeah. they're becoming more resistant so we're seeing more um like resistant candida to the typical treatments that we've given to people because we're over prescribing and like yeah. you know you often harm the good bacteria when addressing the bad and you know these things mm -hmm. are just they're so powerful which is really incredible like you know we're not a company that poops some of these options like if you have a kidney infection you need the antibiotics but there are other ways to address these issues before having to go that route right yeah um, yeah and so, yeah, we're just trying to give people, uh, yeah, or an, or an organic, more gentle um, solution. Like, you know, Monistat and like has had yeah, like virtually, Monistat. yeah, virtually no competitors in the last like 30 years. Like it's time 
really i mean yeah not really like it's time to kind of diversify our options like there's yeah there's your over-the-counter like creams and and your like drugstore brands and you have monostat and different azoles and you have fulconazoles and there's lots of like versions of this but in terms of like something that again is shame and stigma free uh we also don't Mm -hmm. use a lot of gendered language just because like i don't want to go to the store and buy a product that says like my like yes you know like my like make your who who your hoo-ha smell like a rose or something like that so we're like this is a global vaginal health product made of plants like this is what this is here you go and like don't feel stressed about it like let's just solve the issue yeah you know what's so crazy that is so true because most people will you know, you'll hide the fact that you have a yeast infection or any oh. type of UTI because people think it, you know, people think, oh, you must be dirty or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So you, it's, it's that shame that comes with it. So it's good to know that you can, and you're, you're shameful just going to the aisle and picking it up and taking it to the counter. It's almost how men were we used to buy condoms, I guess, or women buying condoms. It's like, you're, you're ashamed of it and we shouldn't be ashamed of it. It's, it's our body. We have, we should be more confident when it comes to buying those type of things. And I do like the, um, the packaging. Thank and the you. The look and feel of your products. Like they're very, it's soft, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's, and it's very, um, but yeah, it does the job. But I was like, it's attractive to look at. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It really is. You're like, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. Like the fact I was spending all this time on, yeah, like the feminine care aisle. And I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. this is, these are my options. I'm mortified. And yeah. then like on top of that, yeah, I, I didn't want to take them home and put them on my counter. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. want this, like, again, something that said, like, you know, make your vajayjay, you know, yeah. not <laughs> yeasty or, like, whatever. I mean, it's just, like, so interesting, like, the names that people come up with it. They're always, like, derivatives <laughs> of, like, you know, either the anatomical words or mm-hmm. they're, like, a play on trying to make this part of your body that, you know, 50% of the world has like very precious mm-hmm. it's like it's just a vagina it's just a vulva we can say the words it's okay and and i think yeah. that that really also helps us like in the larger conversations about sex pleasure health and wellness like level the playing field right like you're oh yeah you're like mm-hmm. i don't want you're able to talk to your partner or maybe your parent or your child or friends like i'm mm-hmm. going through this thing and like i need some help or like i just experienced yeah. this like we really do want to open up the conversation in general um around sexual health from pain to pleasure because like i said most people won't talk about that kind of stuff because they feel like oh this just belongs in the bedroom or in Mm -hmm. the home or just between me and my gynecologist you know what i mean they won't have they won't feel comfortable enough to have that open conversation i mean even myself is still getting more comfortable with the conversation but it's an important conversation to have and that's what will lead me to the question like how important is well i should know this as well but how important is vaginal health as a woman, like you, that should be a part of your main priority. Totally. I mean, it's super important, right? Like we have a relationship with uh, sexuality and our sexual health, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't quite say from when I was born, but like you think about going into puberty, right? And that this mm-hmm. can happen now. I mean, this is happening to, to young people at like age yeah. 10. You know, that's a really, mm-hmm. that's a really young age to, to start to have to understand like, okay, my body is changing. I could now carry yes. a child. I'm going to bleed yep. from my vagina. I need to learn what mm-hmm. a tampon or a pad is. What do mm-hmm. I do? Why are my boobs changing? Okay, now I'm entering into, uh, you know, say my mid twenties or where, whatever you become, mm-hmm. eventually become sexually active and you have to understand like, okay, um, maybe, you know, maybe you have sex with 
penises and and you need to understand what it is to not get pregnant you need to understand what it is to uh know what stis are and like why Mm -hmm. all these things are important work together and then maybe you want to have children and you're like okay that's you know the next phase and and what is what is what what happens when i have a baby and when i get pregnant Mm -hmm. my body and after that you know i have so many friends right now that are going through having kids they're having their first children and they're Mm -hmm. like oh my god nobody tells you what happens (laughs) after you give birth and i'm like yeah oh yeah you know they're like you know what happens what's an episiotomy like why did i tear Mm -hmm. from my butthole to my vagina and what do i do Mm -hmm. now how do i go to the bathroom like and then menopause and there's stigma around that and like not feeling oh, yeah. enough. And so like, I mean, that's a long winded answer, but like just shows you how much there really is. So understanding and being able to talk about these things um, is so important. And it doesn't have to be an everyday thing, but like when mm-hmm. something does arise, we need to be able to advocate for ourselves and get the help, say from a medical professional or the support of a yeah. partner, you know, and not yeah. feel shame around it. It's okay if these conversations do feel uncomfortable you don't have to like all of a sudden be like okay cool yeah whatever like i don't give a shit i'm gonna talk about my vagina on the internet i mean yeah <laughs> i didn't want to put my body on blast at first yeah like, i didn't want to mm-hmm. tell everybody it's taken me quite a few years to get to this point to be able to like mm-hmm. talk and share about this so openly yeah you know it makes me think about um how much sex education has changed over the years, uh, the lack of it. Mm-hmm. I remember in school back in the day, you would have those health classes that tell you about your body. You know, parents relied on the school to tell for kids to know about their bodies, to know about the changes of their bodies. Parents wasn't comfortable having those conversations really. And now it's like today that's completely gone in school. You know, you can't even say certain words anymore, you know, which is so crazy. So how do you make people more comfortable with a conversation that some people are beginning, where the country seems like are beginning to shy away from? How do you talk to kids about it anymore? I know. I mean, our country is going so backwards in terms of how we're educating in in so many aspects, sex, race, like I'm sure you're aware Mm -hmm. of all those pieces and it's really sad. And, you know, I think like a way to start start the conversation is to have it more passively we talk about this Mm -hmm. in a lot of in a lot of ways even in relationships and like intimacy settings like have the conversation before you have to have the conversation you know like if you can if you can bring something up to let's just say your child is probably maybe the first example because yes sex education is is so terrible in schools and oftentimes makes Mm -hmm. things worse because it's like Mm -hmm. tied into fear or religious beliefs it's not it ends up not being very objective and like sexual health should be objective um and at least in in terms of educating on it so it's like you know we do we do a lot of this is like provide the resources to your child ahead of time and i know this people attribute this to like grooming or whatever the like Mm -hmm. horrible words that they use but it's like if you if you don't educate your child somebody else will like young boys exactly watch porn and then all of a sudden they mm-hmm. have this hyper masculine misogynistic views of what an intimate intimate relationship should be like mm-hmm. teach them about consent like teach them about what a condom is before they have to try and figure out and they opt to not use it because they're like feel awkward putting it on because they don't really know how to do it like tell girls yeah. like look 
here, here's some condoms in the bathroom, in the bottom of the bathroom. Here's a tampon. This is what it is. Here's mm -hmm. a pamphlet. Like you can read it at your own leisure. If you have questions, ask me like, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I always advocate for doing a little bit of the work ahead of time because it just like the care, just like in a, <laughs> a situation where all of a sudden you find yourself with a yeast infection, yeah. you're like already have it. You're like, Oh shit. Now what do I do? Like, we yeah, should, we should have a better understanding that ahead of time. Yeah. And I think that's important too, as parents, even what, you know, my kids too, is like, you know, you're afraid, sometimes you're afraid to have the conversation because you don't want them to think you're consenting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Say, hey, yeah, go have sex. This is what I want you to do. And here's yeah. how you do it. And here's what happens. It's more so about educating them on it. Like you said, making them aware of it. Because if you don't talk to your kids about it, you're right. They're going to learn from somewhere. The boys are going to learn from their their friend, Damon, down the street or something. And they're watching porn over there. And you're right. They become overly sexual and they don't really know what it is. And it's just teaching them sex. It's not really teaching them about condoms not teaching about the things that they can get from sex and stuff like yeah. that and i think that's important important conversation to have you know as a parent it's just finding the right way to do so like you said so it's like we're not saying we want you to go out there and do it we're saying that these things happen yeah and here's what happens to the body yeah you know what i mean i think that's so important and that's such a like that's such a sticky situation for so many people and yeah. i totally agree right you're like i don't want them to think that I'm suggesting that they do this, right? And and mm -hmm. I have I have nieces and nephews that span the ages of four to eighteen. Um, yeah. And I was a very young aunt uh, for these like <laughs> two older, you know, they're they're like yeah. 10, 15 years younger than me. And just having a conversation with them and being like I being able to tell them that like this is something that they don't have to do, right? Because same thing, mm -hmm. they go down to the street and their one friend is having sex, but they're not ready to, but then they feel pressured. You can bring mm -hmm. the conversation that that piece into the conversation. Like don't do like don't do this till you're ready. Have yes. your like people are trying to like uh rejigger how we talk about um like virginity and be like when is mm -hmm. your like sexual debut? Because I, I remember being pressured as a teen girl to mm -hmm. like do other things that I wasn't comfortable with. And like, yeah. I didn't even, un I didn't even have the language to say no necessarily because no felt really scary. Um, or like yeah. you didn't want to like be like, Oh no. So you're like, Oh, I'm this, I'm not ready for this. Like, this is not something I want to do yet. Like I'm just mm -hmm. kind of like you, finding and, and presenting even when you are doing the education and having conversations with your children, um, that this is a, this is a not have to, and it doesn't have to be a scary yeah. thing. You can be like, okay, Hey, like this is what exactly. an STI is. And when you're ready, we can talk about this. Like, I just want you to know now this could be something that we, we talk about when it's right for you in five years, like give them a big, yeah. like big barrier to entry, like tell them you support like you just have to make them feel loved and seen and understood, you know. Yeah. My my niece like a, yeah, talks about it all the time. She's like, I'm not ready. I'm like, great. Don't you'll yeah, know when you that's are. Good. Yeah. yeah. You will know when you are because everybody makes that decision for yeah. themselves. Um and you know, it's so crazy that it was used back in the day as a scare tactic to scare kids, like to talk about all the different things you can catch from sex. That's mainly what they kind of talked about totally. to scare you from doing it. It's more of a scare tactic. And like you said, it doesn't have to be something that's shameful or scary. It could be more so of awareness. It's making them aware. I always tell people that my mother, 
didn't scare me with the world and other things that happens in the world that happened to you as a child. She mainly made me more aware of things. So it didn't make me fearful. It just made me aware. And I think awareness is so important when it comes to just life and raising kids, period. Yeah, that's a toolkit, right? Like, especially mm -hmm. for, for young women, I feel like that gives them, you know, a, a leg up. Like, I wish I would have had more ability to see the situation for what it was till I found myself too late in it, right? Where I'm like, yeah. ooh, I'm like with this boy and yeah. I'm feeling pressure to do this thing. And I would have been like, oh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't go to this 22-year-old boy's house when I'm 17. Like, <laughs> yeah. hello. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't, you know, I didn't know or I didn't yeah. have the resources. And so, you know, it's another piece to find friends and community that will support community your mm -hmm. children, you, and having these conversations and, and creating more awareness that like, mm -hmm. that's really, that's really the piece. Like you don't know yeah. anybody, anything, especially young no. women. Yeah. And it's so crazy because we live in a digital world. So mm -hmm. you can find almost everything you want on the internet, right? Totally. <laughs> everything is at your fingertips, but there's a lot of misinformation too. Yeah. You know, especially I think when it comes to like yeast infection, because I think remember back like I said back in the day, it was like, oh, you got a yeast infection. You must be wearing dirty underwear. You know, that yeah. kind of stuff is what people think. What are some of the, the myths around it? And what are some of the truths about it? Oh, my <laughs> when gosh. When it comes to it. Great question. I will like take what you said. Like you are not. First of all, you are not dirty if you have any of those <laughs> things. That's such a like ridiculous word. So, mm -hmm. well, yeah, just starting with yeast infections, like our bodies are made up of all these like interesting microbiomes. They all mm -hmm. have their own like balances and counterbalances and like our vaginas. Um, and like to clarify too for people, your vagina is, is, is the canal. It's actually everything inside of your body. Your vulva is the exterior. That's your labia minora, majora, mm -hmm. clitoris, etc. So your vaginal canal has a, has a microbiome and it's, it's very sensitive and lots of things can change, um, can change the balance of your vaginal microbiome things like mm -hmm. say some people get yeast infections during their periods because um the the like ph balance of your blood is different than the ph balance of your vagina and it can cause mm -hmm. itching and irritation and all those things um you know say like b like bv yeast infections that things change and that those things can happen um, wet, damp clothing. You're in a swimsuit. Like I did a mm. ton of yoga, which is arguably like a healthy thing. And yeah. it became a trigger for me because like I lived in New York city and like, I couldn't go home on the subway and like soaking wet yoga clothes. Things yeah. Like that. So like change out of those types of things, like clothes, like get a probiotic. Our gut microbiome is connected to our vaginal microbiome and we're mm. doing so many things daily, whether it's medication we're taking, like a yeast infection can be a comorbidity to say like uh, diabetes medication because mm -hmm. or other uh, antibiotics and things like that. So like those are just those are other health upkeep pieces that then can affect your vagina. Like mm -hmm. uh, there's just so many pieces. Introduction yeah. of like I, I think about this a lot. Lube, right? Yeah. First time I got lube from Plant Parenthood, it was like mint chocolate chip flavored, and I was like. <laughs> which is ridiculous your vagina tastes like a vagina and yeah. it has like sugar in it a sugar yeah. will cause candida overgrowth they grow they feed on it so mm -hmm. you know i tell people to like kind of look inward and think about and journal like mm -hmm. if you are someone who's getting recurrent yeast infections or bacterial vaginosis what are your triggers you know yeah like mine is alcohol sometimes now i just have a sensitive yeah. system because of sugar um, mm. and then have a toolkit to address those things, right? Like yeah. our 
our suppository or our salve. Anytime I feel itching and irritation now, I'm able to use these products and it doesn't get to be a full blown infection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the tr- and then, sorry, that's kind of long winded, but, and that's then the, okay. truth about, <laughs> the truth about these things is that they're really common, right? Yeah. So one in three people have bacterial vaginosis, you know, 60 to 70% of people get a yeast infection of their life. 40 to 50% of those people will have them recurrently, which means four to five times a year. Like UTIs, incredibly, incredibly common. Um, Mm -hmm. And so even though you feel alone and you might be embarrassed, just know that like every, but nearly everybody deals with this at one point or another, one of those things. And yeah, that's, that's, I think my best truth takeaway at least. And, and that, Mm. It can be dealt with. It can be dealt with in a way that like is is easy and um, comforting, right? It can like. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, sorry. I do you hear the dog. <laughs> My dog is upstairs. I had Whoa. to crate him. I'm like, oh god, I hope he doesn't start barking either. Uh, these. Wow, sorry, that was so loud. Um, That's okay. Uh, Scare the crap out of me. I know. <laughs> At first, I, I thought it, I thought it was my dog. I was like, "Oh my god, is he barking upstairs?" No, they've been sleeping. Just like woke out of a slumber next to me. She's dead. Oh so god. like, ugh. <laughs> I just, okay. who knows what woke her up? She can't even hear. <laughs> Anyways, um, sorry about that. Um, okay. I don't even know what I was saying. You know, I, I think based on what you said, it's something that is key is that it's common. It happens to a lot of us. You're not yeah. by yourself. It can happen to any of us to get a yeast infection, UTI. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's just a common thing that happens, especially like you said, when you take antibiotics and certain things, they give you UTI, they give you yeast infections. You're like, mm-hmm. why did you give me something that's going to give me a yeast infection? Yeah. That's the part that They're like, get rid of this, but now your vagina is going to feel like it's on fire. Exactly. Like, Jesus Christ. And so did you always think you were going to be an entrepreneur? And with that question, being an entrepreneur in the vaginal health world at that, no, <laughs> suddenly, it, you know, to me, I feel like there's so much science that goes into it and you're come from being a photographer or creative. It's like, did you have to learn more about the science piece of it? Although your partner's in biology, he has a background in biology. It's like, did you have to learn more about the science of it all? Totally. Totally. Well, like, I know. Well, I'll just say flat out. No, I never thought my whole life's work was going to be putting my own vagina on blast and talking about yeast infections for the rest of my life. So no, but it, it, it did give me a place for my politics. Uh, our, mm-hmm. our, our company is inherently very political. We do a ton of advocacy mm-hmm. work, sex education, yeah. um, in, you know, the LGBTQ space. Like, again, mm-hmm. we talk about like the roots of sexual health and our understanding of like, you know, the social, cultural things that got us here. So sex work, uh, you know, race, gender, all of these Mm -hmm. things, like history of gynecology is really fucked up. Yeah. Um, And so uh, I I love it for that, but I didn't think it was going to be my life's work in terms of having to educate myself beforehand, totally. And that's still a work in progress. Like, quite frankly, as much as I've been doing this for five or six years, now we hire incredible pharmacologists, naturopaths, mm-hmm. gynecologists to help uh, support in the making, obviously, of our products and all of those things. Um, but early days, yeah, like the salve, which is our, you know, still our hero product. It was the first product we created that I needed. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is it that I need? And so we 
you know, myself and, and Taylor, my business partner, like went and mm -hmm. sat in, um, Powell's books to anybody who's familiar with Portland. It's this like huge <laughs> superstore. And, and we were just yeah. like, we were reading everything we could, everything about alternative medicine, everything that I could, what could I do? Um, yeah. and so I began to formulate really strong opinions, especially testing them on myself mm -hmm. about what I wanted. Right. I was like, People suffer so often from like micro tearing, be it from penetrative sex or even from mm -hmm. tampons or sometimes athletics. Um, and that micro, micro tearing can make you more susceptible to infection. So I'm like, why aren't yeah. we putting something in our product to address the topical healing? So we added echinacea to our product. Um, I was like, I want one thing that soothes and cools like an inflamed vulva. Like if you know, and again, this could be after sex from clothing, yeah. exercise mm -hmm. during your period, um, cause yep. of a yeast infection. So we're like, okay, we want, uh, some tea tree, which like, again, you, you apply it and it's so wonderful. Cause you can like feel it working if you will, which mm -hmm. is, cause it's also one of the ingredients that has our actives berberine, um, that's clinically trialed against yeast infections. And so we mm -hmm. made these like super products through a series of, you know, two years of research. Um, and then of course affirmed them through. Uh, like natural, you know, the naturopaths, pharmacologists and stuff that we were working who ended up, you know, who now produce our products for us. So ton of education, which I, yeah. I do enjoy. I was like kind of a witchy kid and like loved, <laughs> you know, plants and, and, yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting journey, but I, I do, I love what I do. I, I, I do love learning now in this format. Um, mm -hmm because I've seen what a wonderful benefit it's had on the community we serve. Like, yeah, we, we, you know, not to like toot our own horn, but like we get emails weekly that are like, this changed my life. Mm -hmm. And like, it's all worth it for that. Cause, cause I was there, I was that person. Yeah, I'm definitely going to order some products because, you know, that happens. I want to be able to have something on hand, you know? Oh so. my gosh, honey, I can't believe we, I can't believe we didn't get them out to you ahead of this. Yeah, no, we'll get a whole package. So you can give your real review. It'll be a good follow-up to this, yeah. right? Like, oh yeah, you know? it will be. Mm -hmm. right. It will be. You know, it's so funny. You talked about vulva and vagina and how they're mm -hmm. different. Because for, for most of us that are not really into this space, mm -hmm. we think, oh, it's the, it's the whole thing is just a vagina. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But there, mm -hmm. I didn't know there was actually a difference. At first I was like, oh, well, maybe the vulva is just vagina, but it's just vulva instead. Mm -hmm. So there are two different things. Yeah, your vulva is <laughs> on the, it's all your external, like part of your external genitalia outside of your vagina, vaginal opening, vaginal canal. Like your urethra, you know, is outside of your, your urethral opening is outside yeah. of your body. Um, mm -hmm. Like it's not on the inside. So yeah, the vagina is inside, which I had, a, I should like come with a little anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And isn't that like such proof? Like a lot of people yeah. don't know that. No, I had no yeah. idea. I yeah. had no idea. So, but now I know, and now I can tell other people too. Yeah. <laughs> I know that because I had no idea. Um, what has been some of the challenges you think with starting a vaginal health business? Yeah. I just be an entrepreneur too, because I know it's not easy. Oh my gosh. I know. I mean, like, <laughs> You, you know, you run a podcast, right? Yeah, you're like doing everything. You're like, I do the marketing. I do the oh my God. I do. Yeah. You become really multifaceted, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, what we do is in, is inherently charged subject matter, right? Mm -hmm. So like us trying to create ads and us trying to get our products out to the world is often seen as like, you know, we're peddling sex or something. And it's like, yeah, this is just sexual health. This is common knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like 
people even when we reach out to like stockists like wholesalers like hey like mm -hmm. we love your we love your shop like you should carry us you know we get responses sometimes that are like um i have a 15 year old child this is so inappropriate i'm like ooh, mm -hmm. red flag this is like very for you but um you know so it's hard to advertise right that's yeah. just like censorship is huge like we yeah. can't say vagina on the internet right like yeah. if we want to advertise on meta or which is like facebook instagram um and then it's it's interesting because and this is pretty nuanced but you know we're creating homeopathic alternatives to very mm -hmm. mainstream medications and that is that's inherently a little bit like spicy for people they're like no yeah. you're making like i don't want like plant woo, woo magic on my vagina like i need something that works but this stuff does work like the ingredients in it are clinically trialed to address the issues um that that we we take like bb yeast infections etc or or yeah. if now we make claims right so we just launched to uh like a homeopathic medicine which is a you know, it's basically a natural medicine, but we can make claims about it. And that's huge mm -hmm. for us because we can tell people that this product clinically does that, does the thing it does. Um, mm -hmm. And that's been really challenging. That's been like a six year process before the way we would make claims and talk about our products had to be very generic. And I think that's yeah. something that people in the natural space um, really struggle with. And yeah. I just encourage people to understand that like plants are incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many that like you go into the forest to eat it, you are going to die. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, the medicinal products of plants, um, have been around for thousands and thousands of years. Like we're working with ch doctors of Chinese medicine that have been using these herbs to treat yeast infections for thousands of years. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a hard, we really want people to have access to these products in a mainstream way as just yeah. an alternative, but the mainstream definitely pushes back. So gonna oh, be yeah. a kind of an uphill journey but that's okay we're here for it you know it's so spicy funny. <laughs> i know <laughs> i keep it spicy you know what's so funny about that is you think about music and how sexually charged music is and how it gets pushed and it gets advertised i mean they actually mm -hmm. say all the words you know what i mean they say everything mm -hmm. on the internet on tv on the radio everything and then but to block ads when it has some more so to do with health you know has more health basis versus mm -hmm. hey yeah just go have sex that's not what it's saying it's talking yeah. about sexual health you know what i mean it's talking about vagina health it's not talking about anything else and i just find that to be so weird that if we can if we can promote all those songs that have all that stuff and all that you know all the stuff we listen to that these kids listen to today i don't understand why we can't see an ad for vaginal health it's just weird <laughs> it really i don't is. understand either, frankly <laughs> i mean there are things sure that i get it's like they want to yeah. make sure because there's a lot of people that are like peddling, you know, snake oil, if you will, on the internet that says their yeah. product does something and it doesn't do that. Um, and people are skeptical and I get it. So we're, we're working to find those ways and to like lift the veil of like natural products. It's like, mm -hmm. we, we tell people sometimes I'm like, we're like the Burt's Bees of vaginal health stuff, right? Like, yeah. you know, we try to like make it a little bit more gentle and yeah. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes that's helpful, but it doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. It's out there. Like we said at the beginning mm -hmm. of this conversation, like the information is there on the internet and like, it's always been, and it's not always, it's also not always right. It's uh, like the mm -hmm. misinformation is very present, you know? And, and so we, uh, we do a ton of work to also 
address that. Like we do extensive blog work um, yeah. and, and create educational resources that are written from first person, you know, first person perspectives mm -hmm. and, um, you know, from professionals. So like we'll have our gynecologists write blogs on how to prepare for the gynecologist, things like that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about if you can touch on some of the history of gynecology and how it was like, I guess, detrimental to women at first. Like, I, I didn't know that really. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> like the, oh God, she have a great blog that I'll pass to you so you can look at it. It just, okay. we, we didn't start studying the vulva till like way later. And, mm. you know, then we started studying like the penis. We also, you know, for a long time, uh, women were not required to be in clinical studies. So we were making claims and creating education around like, you know, trials that didn't necessarily include women, you know, this is hundreds mm -hmm. of years ago, but like, not even, I think it's like early, like 1920s, 1950s, this was still a thing. Um, yeah. You know, like who people consider the like father of gynecology was testing, um, like testing his methods and ideology on uh, black enslaved women. And mm -hmm. it, it like, obviously is, that is inherently, excuse my language like effed up incredibly yeah. problematic and like that led to you know kind of the way that we talk about and treat our bodies all of that plays into this and like like the hypersexualization of our bodies um throughout the years and how like you said women were seen as like loose or dirty if they did have yeah. an sti and all of those things they still play play into how we um uh, experience like the world right like our mm -hmm. doctors are still perpetuating stigma if we're going in and asking for multiple sti tests or if we're of a certain age and like you mm -hmm. know something is wrong they jump to conclusions um mm -hmm. it's just yeah there's not like a lot of bedside manner but it's um yeah it's just unfortunate unfortunate actually i don't know if you've heard this one this one's pretty crazy like uh one of the first vibrators and when vibrators were popularized, it's because they were treating women who were considered um, hysterical. And so they yes. were giving them vibrators and like basically getting them off to calm them down, yeah. which I think is like so funny. But it was like it was wildly offensive at the time and not, yeah. you know, useful. I, you know, it's so funny you brought that up because I was going to bring that up. And I, I think mm -hmm. the show was, I was watching the show and it was called Master of Sex or something. Mm -hmm. but yeah. And that when they talked about the first vibrators and because the women, they, they felt they were hysterical, right? It was their definition mm -hmm. of it. They really wasn't. They were just probably just women that was overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and they used the vibrators to, you know, cause they didn't know anything about the woman's vagina. You know, they yeah. were just learning, trying to use this vibrator to learn about the woman's vagina and to mm -hmm. get them to come, you know, once they actually come and stuff like that and be able to feel relieved and feel better. But yeah. it was so funny you mentioned it cause I was going to mention that to you about, so you know, that time of, you know, watching that show and them learning about the woman's vagina because men didn't really know about women's vaginas at that time. No, not at all. Yeah. And actually I was looking to fact check what I was saying. I was like, oh, it's probably like the fifties or something. It actually yeah. wasn't until 1993 that Congress finally mandated that women and minorities be included in clinical research and trials. Like 1993. Yeah. And so like now, obviously like, I cannot believe that. That was not very long ago. That wasn't that long ago. I graduated from high school in 1993. Yeah. That is wild. 
that is oh my god are you serious yeah, yeah. and wow so <laughs> that says a lot about our country and yeah. how far we still have to go you know like you said so far we have to go which is being comfortable about talking about vaginal health and oh, i can't believe that um, yeah. I saw something on your Instagram page that says the word for JJ makes you cringe. Like, or either you don't want to hear that word. What's wrong with the JJ? A it's lot of not, us use that word. It's cute. Yeah. Well, okay. So, and actually it's funny. Our social media person put that up and there was actually some really good conversations going on about that. And, yeah. and I, I stand by a lot of the feedback that, that people like, this is what makes it light and bright for me and like mm -hmm. allows me to talk about it. And so for yeah. me, I think it's because like when I feel that way in like, oh my God, like I have to, I think if I had to say the JJ a thousand times a day, <laughs> I would be upset. Right. I'm like, I, this is something I work in all day long, every single day that using yeah. the anatomical words, like I think allow it to be a lot more accessible to me. Whereas like, mm -hmm. if I'm like, on a podcast and I'm like, you know, your hoo-hoo gets infected or your JJ gets infected. I just, I would feel stupid. <laughs> like that's me. But I say that yeah, now yeah. with like, if you have words that affirm you and you can use the JJ, um, <laughs> to talk about your body, your partner, use it. I, yeah. I don't care. I, I think whatever word makes you feel good and confident use that. Mm -hmm. But like with the understanding that like, obviously, that's not going to be the same for everybody. And like, no. <laughs> just, I think originally because it was like, there was so much shame that I was associating with like these products yeah. that were telling me to like refresh again, refresh my hoo-ha. And I was just like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like, I can't refresh do that. Any, I don't, yeah. I'm like, I don't want my hoo-ha doesn't need refreshing. And I'm like, my vagina just needs, I just need to take a probiotic, you know? And so that's, <laughs> that's that I, but. I appreciate that as a question. And like, that's a big part of who we are is like understanding that feedback. You're like, why does it make you cringe? And it's like, okay, well, this is, this is for me. And so we always try to have really good conversations with our community to make sure everybody's opinions and voices are heard because yeah. for sexual health, it's so many different experiences, right? Like what yeah. feels good to mm -hmm. me is so different than to you. Like, mm -hmm. and cheers to the people who want to use for JJ or pussy or, mm -hmm. There's some ones out there I don't love, like fur burger. I mean, I could go on, but like you fur burger. I'm sorry, I even just said that on the internet out loud. It's okay. Listen, you we know, can say whatever we want on this podcast. I know it's so nice. You like it or you don't like it? That's okay. There are some I do have. Well, maybe the ones that feel more derogatory. JJ yeah. doesn't feel derogatory. Um, yeah. But again, I think it's more important to find what affirms you, and if, if yeah. It's so funny. We talk about the words because um, I do a show with two other co-hosts called You're Not Invited. And we do like, you know, talk about new trending news on social media and stuff like that. Cute. And I brought up um, a, kind of a song that two people um, made and the song was called Coochie. Mm. And I kept saying it, the word to one of my co-hosts and she was kept saying, oh God, why are you saying that word? And I'm like, well, that's, that's the name of the song. And, but she yeah. was highly offended by the word coochie. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I told her, I don't really know if I'm offended by it or not. You know, I'm just like, it's just something people say, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, I say it's coochie. We said pussy, vagina, whatever. We said the JJ. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. really up to you. Yeah. But it's so funny how certain words 
people get so offended by it because every time I said it, she cringed. And I'm like, yeah, girl, what is wrong with you? It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and maybe that's like, that's like a deeper, maybe that's a more deep rooted relationship to like, like, yeah. I'm embarrassed. Like, stop yes. saying that. And it's like, yes. look, if here's the, here's my, my new off the cuff rule. If you want to call your vagina of a JJ, you just also yeah. better, better be able to say the JJ. Are you masking? Yeah. Are you masking mm. your like body parts and like, kind of like is it like a veil because of shame you're using these words yeah like, Ew, my vagina but my vajayjay is cool like i i find i find a lot of parents do it with their kids and they're like yeah you know your special spot or like your you know it's your poo poo yeah you're yeah, yeah. exactly yeah and mm -hmm. and let's just not mask mask it if you can say vajayjay you should be able to say vagina if you want to call it your you know sparkle princess yeah. whatever that's cool too but mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I bet it's maybe some like, well, I don't bet that's not fair, but internalized yeah. shame, right? You're just like, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, this when gross. it's like, okay. And like I said, you hear this word even worse in songs. So it's like, yeah, Gucci shouldn't be that big of a deal, but you're right. Maybe it's something connected to the word that makes her feel like, ooh, totally. It's a dirty and, word. So I get and that's, that. That's really common. And I think people like, you know, if you feel discomfort, like people mm -hmm. listening with those words, that's okay. It's common. And just like, maybe you yeah. think about how you unpack that, right? Like maybe use, maybe use that word once more in passing or something like, you know, it, mm -hmm. it, it, this, this is inherently hard and super personal stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Overall, the conversation on your vaginal health is, is very sensitive and it's a yeah. very private conversation that a lot of people don't want to have publicly yeah. or, you know, with, you know, it's, it's hard to have that conversation, even with your, your spouse, like my husband, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't think we've ever had that conversation yeah. before about, Hey, this is what's happening. You know, those kind of things you kind of keep private and you'll talk to your girlfriends and you'll talk to your gynecologist about, but is it important to have that conversation with your partner to make them like aware? Or is it more so like, uh, it's a, it's on a need to know basis. I think, I think it's a personal preference. I think okay. like, I, I think you should absolutely be able to talk to your partner about it. That mm -hmm. is very important. It's your health. It's the person you choose to spend your life with is someone you trust. Yeah. So like, if you know, like, I don't know if you have children, but like when mm -hmm. you're, when you're having a child, right? Like your body changes and like mm -hmm. those things are happening and like, you want it to be, you want to be able to talk to your partner with it. And like, you know, you're, you're making a human and it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of gnarly. Right. And so <laughs> you want to be able to tell them what's up or like find yeah. solace and comfort in them. So like, I think just having access to that is super important. Do you have to talk to them about how your vagina is feeling every morning? Absolutely not. <laughs> like I, <laughs> like I, I mean, I just, I actually still consider myself a side that this is what I do. Like I like, I don't like my partner to even like watch me shave my legs in the shower. Like there's some <laughs> things that are just for me and that's totally okay too. Yeah. Um, and like, like if, but you should be able to be like, I'm not feeling well, like I can't have sex right now or like, yeah. you know, whether you're on your period or whatever it may be, like mm -hmm. it just should be accessible, but you don't have to, I think going into like having children and talking about how you're going to create education and conversations around these people end up being yeah. very important, right? Like yeah, you don't want to agree true. on those things. So there's an aspect there, but, um, yeah. 
Yeah, like <clears throat> it doesn't have to be dinner table conversation for everybody, yeah. but it should be accessible. It shouldn't feel it shouldn't feel so shame so shameful. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just know with my husband, he's he won't even buy my family products for me. He's like super embarrassed to even go to the store mm. to even pick those up. So I know having a conversation with him would be it'll be a little tough for me. It'll be like, ugh, pain. You should test him. You should be like, look. <laughs> Go get these. I'm gonna see what he says. I'm gonna see you what know? he does. Be like, he's definitely one of those. He's I one love- of those. I don't want to hear you pee. Close the door, type of guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> and, and I will say, like bathroom, bathroom conversations to me I'll also feel different. Like there's some things yeah. that like I do want to maintain privacy around. Like yeah, you know, I don't, I don't find comfort in bathroom talk. <laughs> I like. I just, you know, like I don't need that. I don't need support from that partner. But I also travel a lot, and like, you know, yeah. if I'm if you get sick, you get sick sometimes, and there's not a lot you can do about that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, if you've ever been in, you know, like had some weird street food. There's things mm-hmm. that happen, and this is oh, yeah. <laughs> like, always. You know, like that's that's part of life. But you know, I do think, you know, think about it, it's like someone you're having sex with, like. Your partner has a relationship with your sexual health and like yeah. your vagina, right? Like yep. I don't know. It just maybe yeah. would be a fun experiment. Make, you know what? This, I'm gonna try just it. once. Like and maybe just like, look. What he said. This is a th- this is an experiment, and we are not gonna. <laughs> you don't have to do this all the time. I just want you to do it for one for me one time. Just one so, time. So I know you could. Does. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Just so I know you can. Like I know it's something you can actually do. That'd be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what if I'm sick and I need these things? He he mm-hmm. would do it, you know. Yeah, he would. He, nah, if I'm sick, he'll definitely do it. He would have no other choice, okay? Because yeah. he would take care of me and the kids too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are some, what are some of the main? How many products do do you have with your line? Is it four? Like how many products are there? Yeah. So right now, I think we've got about seven. I'm actually mm. gonna look. Yeah. So we've got okay. Got a salve, a topical salve that you can apply mm-hmm. to your vulva. Again, great for itching, inflammation, preventing yeast infections, managing symptoms of BB. BB. Mm-hmm. We have a UTI supplement. It's like a super supplement. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's um, demonose and cranberry and uva ursi and all these other herbs that people have been trialing because um, a lot of UTI, there's a lot of like resistant. Um, or what causes UTIs, they thought they like totally knew it was always E. coli, but it's not, there's all these other things. So we're mm-hmm. really trying to address that. We have a suppository, which you use intravaginally. Um, and this is a product that can, will prevent or heal acute yeast infections as well. Mm-hmm. A probiotic, mm-hmm. probiotic is a game changer for people who have yeah. bacterial vaginosis. Um, maintaining that vaginal flora is really important. Um, we have this product, it's, it's a like a spot treatment tonic. If people are familiar mm-hmm. with like fur oil, um, I use it post shave, post wax. It's very similar uh, in terms of ingredients is that it's naturally antimicrobial and antifungal. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a hydrosol that's super beautiful. Um, this is something like I throw in the gym bag. Again, like mm. I was like, if you don't have time, it's like for a shower, post yoga, post workout, and you're somebody who has a yeah. sensitive system. Um, it's a really, really beautiful, like water-based product. So you don't have to leave the gym feeling like oily necessarily. Yeah. And then a really nice body oil. It's just kind of a luxurious massage <laughs> oil, something nice for yourself. So are the majority of the products you can use daily? Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the probiotics you can do daily. 
Mm-hmm. UTI okay. supplement can be used mm-hmm. daily. So if you're someone who gets uh, chronic UTIs, we, you know, you can take two a day, but then mm-hmm. what's nice is these products are pretty versatile. So like you have the same UTI product for then if it's an acute infection. So then mm-hmm. you take, you like quadruple your intake and you take eight of the UTI pills. Mm-hmm. If like, you know, the maintenance didn't that happens, you know, yeah. If the maintenance didn't keep up or you did something that maybe triggered a full blown infection or something like that, like. Um, but yeah, like I use the salve daily. Like I'm somebody now that is pretty sensitive to penetrative sex. Um, so yeah. like every time, like, you know, I'll like go take a shower and like apply this to like my vulva. It's very cooling again, super yeah. good for maintaining the quality of tissue as well. So we do, we address a lot of, um, like menopausal, premenopausal people who deal with vaginal atrophy as well and itching and mm-hmm. dryness. So these are great maintenance products for that as well. Oh, that's really good to talk about the menopause because I'm in that age range. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely in that age range. I'm 48, so I'm like, I'm in that age range. And so I will definitely like to get some of those products because it's it's a part of my life that's beginning, that's going yeah. to happen yet, but I know I'm there. Yeah. It can happen at any moment. And just being able to more have more knowledge around menopause and all that kind of stuff is going to be great as well. But knowing that there's products out there that can help. Yeah. Because I know a lot of women suffer through menopause too. Totally. You know? it's, it's another one of those like big silent things that people don't yeah. talk about. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the tissue quality and maintaining tissue quality, like for your vulva, like mm-hmm. is so important going through menopause because you're just like, your skin is more delicate, you know, it's, yeah. it's which is going to be more likely to tear, which is going to be more likely to cause infections. And mm-hmm. um, so I think, yeah, like the salve is such a great daily product. It's, you know, and this is also maybe TMI, but like self massage through menopause, mm-hmm. um, whether that's mm-hmm. masturbation or just like, again, applying a salve with your fingertips to your vulva um, mm-hmm. is really, really good for you because it stimulates fresh oxygenated blood to the surface, which, which also, you know, in combination with the products is going to help increase tissue quality. And and provide more comfort you know if you are having sex with your partner yeah even after the fact as well so highly highly recommend that um okay and then again if if for uh, like internal vaginal discomfort we always offer up the suppository and you can just Mm -hmm. you know it's a tiny little you know basically like organic ovule pill and you can Mm -hmm. you can put it up your vaginal canal the same you would any other suppository and just put on like a comfy pair of panties and like sleep Mm -hmm. with it in um overnight and it'll like very much mitigate symptoms of itching irritation again a great product for menopause as well and just vaginal dryness in general yeah 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 that's really good to know because menopause is is, is like a huge subject you know what Mm -hmm. i mean that like i said a lot of women go through stuff i've seen my mom suffer through menopause <laughs> and so totally. my, I myself has just been learning a lot more about it because like I said I'm in that age range and I know it's going to happen eventually and so I want to be aware I want to be knowledgeable and I want to know what's out there in order for me to combat whatever things I'm going to be dealing with during that time so that's yeah. good to know and arm yourself with education right like mm-hmm. you don't have to be this like person who wants to talk about sex all the time vaginas yeah. or whatever but like just understanding ahead of time and so you don't find yourself in like you know a situation where then you're like oh shit what do i do I think yeah it's good yeah it's always good so we're, we're, we're gonna bring the show to a closing but how do you know when your vagina is happy you know i see that but how do you know when you have a happy vagina this is this is my favorite question actually because <laughs> people are like 
oh god i don't know do i need this and i was like the bet the way i feel the best is when i don't feel my vagina right like mm -hmm. it, like when it's not bothered right it's not itchy yeah. it's not irritated it's not inflamed like i haven't been wearing like 1980s wranglers that are way too tight or something like that with yeah. like cheap like lingerie that like doesn't fit or something like yeah you know like i i think a happy vagina is a vagina, a vagina you don't feel and that doesn't mean like obviously like when you're aroused or something you feel great mm -hmm. things but like discomfort right i just want to like go about my day and not have to think about the discomfort of my vulva or the discomfort of my vagina that's what happy vagina means to me good one that you don't feel that's yeah <laughs> unless it's in a good way <laughs> unless it's in a good way but not the bad way the good way <laughs> well i really do appreciate you Lindsay, for being on the show and before we end the show is a question i ask all my guests is what is some of the best advice you receive from another woman um the best advice i receive from another woman is don't don't let um perfection be the enemy mm. of progress. Mm. I would have never started this company if I had to have everything figured out before I launched. Like we are all constantly evolving and like you never, I say this all the time, you never arrive. Like life is just yeah. a series of, of progress and events. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like, you know, as an entrepreneur and somebody who like is constantly making and doing different things, like you yeah. just have to try and put yourself out there and it's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. That's how you learn and how you grow. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That was, that was really good. Don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. I like it. That's awesome. a really good one. I think people are going to resonate with that. Good. <laughs> well, again, I thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a great conversation all about our vaginal health and sexual health. So this is going to be a good show. I am Shawnee Sanders. This is the Girl Techno Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.